I'd like you to take your Bibles this afternoon and turn to the Gospel of Mark chapter 4. This afternoon we're going to look at the story of Jesus calming the Sea of Galilee. So I'd like you to look in verse 35 and let's read that story and then we'll tack this text and try to understand what God wants us to learn. Beginning in verse 35, we read, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with them. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we're amazed at our Savior. We're amazed at his power, his authority to command. And we want to be impressed with him. We want to know who he is in a full way so that we learn what obedience is. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus gets in a boat with his disciples and uh, he goes to sleep. While he's sleeping, a storm comes up and it's just not any old storm. It's a furious squall. And he's with a bunch of fishermen who know these, the storm. They've been on the lake. They know people who have died in these storms. So this isn't just their figment of their imagination. They're looking at this circumstance going, we're going to die. This is... This is not a good situation. This is the type of thing that capsizes boats and people die from this. So they're not, they're not inexperienced people. These are fishermen who are fully familiar with the circumstances taking place. And the story takes an odd twist when they wake Jesus up and he speaks to the wind and the waves and it immediately dies down and then he turns and he speaks to the disciples. And he says, why are you so afraid? If I was on that boat, or if you were on that boat, we'd look at him and say, why wouldn't we be afraid? Are you kidding me? I have friends that died in storms like this. I have a long list of people who never survived. The waves were crashing over the side of the boat. We were going to go down any minute. What do you mean, why wasn't I afraid? It's a stupid question, if you knew the sea. But then he asks an even odder question. Have you no faith? Why, why don't you have faith? And I, and I want to ask you today, what does faith have to do with it? Why would Jesus look at them? They're looking at a storm. They know these storms are deadly. They've probably been in similar storms before and barely escaped with their lives. And he looks at them and says, yeah, but where's your faith? 
What does faith have to do with it, honestly? It's a real storm. People of faith die. Do you know what faith means? Faith just means believing something. So there's one way we describe it. You had faith that that chair would hold you up when you, when you sat down. So you didn't come in and test the chair. You just had faith that that's a chair. It's made to hold you. You came in and sat down, and you believed that the chair would hold you. And that's what faith is. You believe something. But biblical faith is believing what God has said. That's what biblical faith is. It's not believing anything. It's not just faith randomly placed. It's faith in what God has said. That's biblical faith. And there's a difference between using faith generally and using it in a biblical way. And so in this question, do you still have no faith, Jesus was actually challenging them about whether or not they were willing to believe what they had heard in Scripture or what He had said. But it's an odd question. And we have to say, why is it there? What's the point of the question? Of course they were afraid. And what does it have to do with faith? We don't have to guess. Mark gave us enough clues to know why Jesus asked them that in the middle of a storm that they knew as a deadly squall. If you look back in verse 35, we get the first clue. The first clue that Mark left us, and I'm working backwards now, is that day when evening came. So whatever we know about this story, what we do know is that it happened at the end of a day, and Mark is actually attaching it to what happened previous in the day, that day in the evening. So whatever happened that day is now attached to this story, and Mark is giving it a setting. That day and this evening relate together. So we know that whatever happened has something to do with what's happening now. This, the second thing, the second clue Mark gave us comes in verse 33. If you look backwards to verse 33, it says, With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. And he did not say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. So what Mark is actually telling us is earlier that day, Jesus gave many similar parables. I didn't record them all, I only recorded some. But Jesus gave many more than this, and then he took the disciples aside and explained them to them. But I didn't record all of these miracles, all the parables. I only recorded four. Because these four are the ones I want you to see attached to the story of Jesus on the lake. There's, there's parables preceding this that form the lesson that's going to take place later in that day. And you need to know the lessons. You need to know the stories. So I've picked these four. Out of all of them that Jesus picked and said, I picked these four to communicate this lesson to you. So let's go back earlier in the day and see what happened. So in Mark chapter 4, verse 1, 
we have the first. It says, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. Now, there's your lake, right? And Jesus is teaching by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, and he taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said... So he taught them many things in parables, but this is one of those parables. So now you're getting the first of the ones Mark said is important for you. Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil, It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. And still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. And then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. So uh, apparently this is a parable about hearing. And so the sower sows seed. Now it's different from the way we plant seed in the United States with tractors and those types of things where they plant the seed in the ground. This is a sower sowing seed. So he had a little bag with seed in it and he just took and he spread it like this. And he's just throwing seed on the ground and moving through his field. And some of that seed just gets off the field and it falls on a hard pan. And then some fells on thin, fell on thin soil, and some fell in the weeds, and some fell in the, in the plowed field, in the, in the good soil. And when Jesus was alone with the disciples, he explained that parable. We don't have to guess at its meaning. He explained it this way. He, he, he said, uh, the, the sower sows the word. The seed is the word of God. And, and when the seed gets sown in some people's lives, before they, they, it has any opportunity to bear any fruit whatsoever, Satan comes along and snatches it away. And so here's this, someone's preaching the word of God and someone just isn't listening at all. They, they pay not, no attention. It doesn't make any difference. And they're not listening. Uh, some of it fell, fell on thin soil. The thin soil is when the soil was, soil was so thin that the seed germinated, but when it germinated, it, it didn't live long enough to put down roots and actually survive the, the scorching sun. So when the sun came up, the plant had no ability to grow, and it, because of a bad root system, it just died out. The sun died and killed it, and it didn't have any, any ability to bear fruit. So the seed was wasted there. Some of it fell among thorns, and so some of it was sown, and it fell among thorns, and, and Jesus explained that it's the cares of this life, the worries of the world, and the pursuits that um, actually grab us. And so you're approaching life at a time when you're saying, what kind of job am I going to get? Am I going to get married? Am I going to have a lot of money? If I'm, am I going to... And, and, and life itself, life itself is occupying your hearts and your minds. 
And Jesus says some of the seed falls on people in those situations, but it's the cares of life that cause them not to really hear correctly. So the fruit germinates and it comes up, but it gets choked out by all those other weeds. So the cares of life take over. The worries of this world take over. And other things become more important. But in any case, the seed that was sown, which is the Word of God, didn't bear any fruit. But some of it fell on good soil. And, 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 and the seed that fell on good soil actually germinated, grew, and produced a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100. Now, sometimes we read this parable and we think of salvation, and we ask the question, who is the saved person here? Where's the one that doesn't go to heaven? Where's the one that does? And we end up asking the wrong question. That's not the right question. The right question is, who's good soil? Who, who hears the word of God? And actually let it, let it do something in their lives and, and bear fruit. And whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Do you have cartilage on the side of your head? I almost lost my mic. Do you have this stuff sticking out over here? If you have an ear, would you listen? What kind of soil are you going to be? Are you going to be the soil that, that goes to church every week, that sits in your Bible classes, that goes to chapel at your school, and you walk out and you go, I don't care. I have more important things to do. I'm going to get married someday. I want to live in a great house. I want to be a star. Or do you want to be good soil? Who takes it in and says... I'm going to listen. And if you have this, right here, God asks you to use that so that that gate, this hole here, goes all the way to your heart. And there's only one soil that produces a crop. There's only one good soil. And you're only good soil if you listen. And if you have this, it's the opening that goes here. And if God gave you this, he, he expects it to get here. That's the first parable. In fact, the disciples questioned Jesus. And Jesus said, if you don't understand this one, how are you going to understand any of them? If you don't understand this one, this is the fundamental. This is the bottom line. This is the foundation on which everything else rests. You have to listen. You have to be good soil if you're going to get anything from me. It's going to be because you listen. All right, so let's read on. Verse... Uh, 21 gives us a parable. Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on a stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, 
And whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he comes back to the same idea. Only now he's talking about a lamp. He's actually talking about a lamp. And he asks if you hear. Why doesn't he say, don't you see? It's a lamp. It's a candle. You, take, you light a candle and you go into a dark room and the candle uh, shines its light around and you can see into the darkness because of the candle. We in our country flip the light switch. What you don't do is light the candle and then hide the light. Because that doesn't make any sense at all. If you're going to hide the light, don't light the candle. But if you're going to light the candle, you don't hide the light. Nobody does that. No one lights a candle and puts it under a bowl or under a bed. If you're going to light a candle, you let it shine. We even have a little song about that, don't we? This little light of mine. Don't, don't we sing that one? I'm going to let it shine. Yeah, you were singing it. Exactly. Yeah, okay. That's this parable. Here's the point. Nobody lights a candle and then hides the light. Nobody does that. That's insane. If you have ears to hear, you better be listening. Because even this parable about seeing is a parable about listening. It's not a parable about seeing. It's a parable about listening. And the question is, are you good soil? Are you letting the Word of God do more than just hit your ear and have no effect. And this parable about seeing is actually a parable about hearing. Uh, look in verse 24. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Now, he's not saying this in a vacuum. He's not, he's not making this statement out of the blue. He's attaching it to the lesson. A sower sows the seed, and he takes the word of God, and he, he, he throws it around, and some people are hard pan. And even the word that was sown there gets taken away from him. Satan comes and snatches it before it can do any good. Some of the soil is thin, and, and it goes in one ear and out the other. Some of the soil is choked out by all the worries of life that all of us face day in and day out. And the measure you use, it will be measured to you. If you don't listen, I don't care why, but if you don't listen, you don't get any more. But if you listen, I will keep funneling truth your way. I will give you more. I will give you in excess. The more you listen, the more I pour into you. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And so some of you right now, 
might be listening and getting 30% fruit. But keep listening and pretty soon that 30 will be 60. And keep listening and pretty soon the 60 will be 100. Because it's dependent upon your listening. What, what kind of soil are you, really? When you hear a sermon on a Sunday morning or a lesson in school, do you leave it there? Or does it go with you? So that the truth of the Word of God carries over to the kind of person you are on the weekend or at home or at work. Do you listen? Uh, he, he gave another parable. It's the one in verse 26. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. And he's talking about a farming situation, again with seed and producing a harvest. We haven't left the idea. But he's telling another parable, this time applying to the kingdom of God. And he says, you know how the kingdom of God grows? It grows while the farmers sleep. Because, because it's not the farmer who makes it grow. The farmer plants the seed and the farmer waters the seed. But really, we know the verse, don't we? God gives the increase. And so, though the farmer can plant the seed and though the farmer can water the seed, the farmer can't germinate the seed. But the seed germinates and it grows and produces a crop because, because there's another force at work out there. The kingdom of God is like that. The kingdom of God grows and not because of the hand of the farmer. So you, in this case, might be a sower. You might be the one sowing the seed. Don't think you're the one making it grow. Because you plant and you water, but God gives the increase. And you could be sleeping. And God is taking his word and making it grow. Well, that's pretty cool, actually. Well, let's look at his final parable in verse 30. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. So the kingdom of God not only grows through the agency of a different force other than the farmer, but it's like the smallest seed that grows large. And it reaches uh, to this, this size where all the birds of the air get to, get to nest in its branches. And so this mustard seed that's tiny just seems to grow big and uh, uh, allows for the resting of all the birds. And uh, are you good soil? Are you listening? Can I test how you're listening? Can I really put a test to your ears? 
If you have this, were you listening? Let's put it to a test, okay? This is the test. Let's get in a boat. Let's cross to the other side. Let's face a storm in which we know many people die in storms like this one. And let's ask this question right here. Does anyone light a lamp and hide it under a bushel? No. Why would God send the light into the world and snuff it out in a lake of Galilee? No one lights a candle and hides it under a bushel. And if we're not that dumb, why would we think God would let His light die by drowning? Were you listening? Do you know the kingdom is going to grow? Do you understand that the kingdom grows by a power that's not yours? Do you understand that the kingdom reaches the ends of the earth so that even Gentiles get to rest in the gospel of Jesus Christ? And are you still willing to wake me up and say, Master, we're going to drown Can you be so stupid? Or maybe, do you still have no faith? Because just earlier today, I told you the kingdom was going to start small. Me the king, and you the twelve. But it does not die out on the lake of Galilee. And if you were listening, you would not be afraid. And if you were listening, you would never think I was going to drown because I do not die before my time. Are you good soil? It's not enough to get the knowledge. It's not enough to, to hear. You have to listen. There's more to this Christian thing than going to church or going to a Christian school. It's forming a character according to the Word of God. And if you're listening properly, you become good soil. And the Word of God produces its fruit. And what that looks like is when God talks to you, you take that talk with you into all the circumstances of life, even the storm on the Lake of Galilee. And you disciples weren't very good listeners. What kind of soil are you? Do you have this cartilage over here? I'm sure you do. But I don't care about this cartilage right here. There's a hole here. This is the hole. Because God wants your attention. Be good soil, would you? Thank you for coming. Ponder. Think it through. And you will all become expositors. Thank you very much.